0: that um has got kind of pull out drawers underneath them but instead of having them as kind of storage they turned that into the dog bed which i just thought was this really is so cool yes. just, i love it not the tallest so you know i'm <laughs> 5 for 1 and i'm against all these absolute Crankingly gorgeous women that towered over me, and then the company that took the photo sent it to me, and I thought, "You shouldn't have showed me that." I, just don't know I looked like I looked like this kind of short, crazy dwarf next to them. It was terrible.
1: You know the different terminology between Australia and the US construction, and some of the wacky stuff they do. Lots of wacky stuff over there. Hey, Welcome to Style Rules, the official podcast of Home Beautiful magazine,
2: where each week we'll be distilling the rules of style. I'm your host, Sarah Berman. I'm the editor of Home Beautiful magazine. I'm here in the studio on my own this week as my regular co-host, Fiona Michelin. Our style editor is actually out and about on shoots. Uh, She's working on an amazing project for Home Beautiful magazine, which you can see in the July issue. Today, joining me in the studio, I've got Cherie Barber, Australia's own Queen of Renovating. She'll be talking all things renovating from flipping, how to style your home when you're selling. She is an amazing source of inspiration and we're sure to learn a lot. But first, Fiona and I did catch up with Wendy Moore a little earlier to chat about the second renovation on House Rules, the South Australian home, Lisa and Andy's Cottage, which was an amazing renovation and we were lucky enough to get Wendy's top picks and her misses. Wendy has joined us in the studio to talk about Lisa and Andy's South Australian home. Mm -hmm. Wendy, talk us through your hits from this renovation. So in this Renault, I just
0: loved what um, Katie and Alex did in the master bedroom. I just I loved that colour green. I know this is a recurring theme with me, <laughs> green, 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 green. But this is a very different green though. It is very different and it was such a great colour. And then to actually create that kind of shelf that all that greenery, you know, kind of was spilling down with. And I had a bit of a debate with Jamie about this. Because it's all artificial plants. Mm, Um, I have a thing with this too. So you don't like the artificial plants? No. So I was kind of in two minds because I kind of think I loved the way it looked. Mm, It looks beautiful. But if it's real plants, then that means I'm going to have (laughs) – Bugs crawling over me in bed and I'm going to have a dead leaf falling on me in my sleep and, <laughs> and they're going to kind of get crumpled up in the bed and I'm going to have to clean that. and So then I think, yeah, actually, no, I don't want them to be real. I want them to be fake. And also because you generally see them from a decoration point of view, you generally see them from afar mm-hmm. and they're good fake plants. Yeah, they are good. So they look real until you get really close. They are the kind of ones you kind of have to bend and see if they – Break to to see if they're real. So I kind of forgave that, mainly because I just didn't want the ants and the you know crawlies all over me in bed. And I, yeah. I, so
2: we're talking about this as a hit, yes. And Fiona, I do thinks feel it's we need. the Fiona thinks it's a miss, and I do think it's important to acknowledge these drawbacks of fake plants. The other thing that I think would be an issue here is that this is a massive dust catcher. Yes, massive. Like but that's you know the thing. The that trick:
0: mom- put them in the shower. <laughs> Take them out. Put them in the shower. All the dust gets washed off. Put them in the sun
2: to dry. Put them back in space. But I'm on board. I think this looks beautiful. And the other great thing, the other thing that they did that made this a special feature was the detailing, the paneling behind. Yeah, in that beautiful sage green,
0: and if- not just behind. It was also wrapped up on the ceiling, which I loved. Like just that kind of the VJ boards, just. It's such a lovely character to add to a broom and it's so easy and it's still understated and I think that combined with that lovely – I mean it's, or it is is a sage green but it, it's got almost a bit of a mint, like a a real spearmint feel about mm, it because fresh. it's not – It's soft a bit
2: but fresher. it's fresh. Yeah, it I love that. It feels fresh and light but at the same time there is a bit of a cocooning effect because of the way they've wrapped it. Over the ceiling, which is a great thing to have yeah. in the bedroom.
0: It, you did kind of feel like you were going into a bit of a, a forest. And it was, I loved that. I loved that feeling. And I think, so, you know, Lisa and Andy have got fur babies that they love. And so you kind of had to give a nod to the fur babies. And, um, they, you know, they, they bought a bed that, um, has got kind of pull out drawers underneath them. But instead of having them as kind of storage, they turned that into the dog bed, which
2: I just thought was it's really so cool. Yeah, I love it. That and is so uh, cool. But can I tell you, those dogs are never going to use that bed. They're no. going to jump straight up. It'll be their step to get. It'll onto be the a ladder. ladder. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I got that feeling from Lisa and Andy. But I, I mean, I could never have dogs in my bed, and I know that's that's you know. A very controversial point of conversation, (laughs) but, um, I, I thought that was really lovely. And I guess that kind of, even though I know I'm only allowed to have one, the laundry that, um, the, that Michaela and Eliza did and the way they added that dog wash into the laundry, I had never even thought about doing something that was purpose-built for washing dogs in inside. <laughs> oh, what a
2: luxury. And as a dog owner, I just know that I would just, oh my God, love that. It was it's awesome. such a good idea.
0: Yeah, never even thought about it before. And, you know, always washing dogs is kind of just a make-do. You yeah. work out how to do it. You do it in the laundry tub or you take a tub outside and fill it up with water, whatever you kind of do to get that done. But, Lisa and Andy love their dogs, they're part of the family and so they created this kind of wash zone that was just really, really innovative. And, you know, again, these girls come up with amazing ideas. I just want them to keep going with this. I don't know whether they've got the stamina but I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they do. I think
2: you're allowed more than one peek, Wendy, so oh, I will peak. allow, allow. <laughs> the laundry peak. I imagine too that this wash tub can be used for other things than just oh, for washing. Oh, yeah. it, it's not just, it's
0: not, it, it, it does have a multi-purpose about it. But you know, when you're washing dogs and you often are putting them in tubs that have got either you're leaning down to the tub, which is really uncomfortable, or you're leaning over kind of a high-sided tub. And the fact that it's got that low-sided area and the spray was just super.
2: Have to stay. Definitely. This reminds me of your countdown to maternity leave when you were madly renovating <laughs> your home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to include tubs where you in your laundry where you could wash your baby daughters yes
0: because we didn't really have a very big bathroom and we're always trying to work out how we are going to wash them and what was hilarious is we're putting this laundry in and our kitchen sink you know i don't think it just didn't feel right to wash them in the kitchen sink i don't know why but it didn't it's not right it's not not right right. and and also the kitchen sink's not big enough so that was out anyway and um so we'll put it in, in the laundry, and we're going to put a whole change table in there, and all that kind of stuff. It was a really well designed space, actually.
2: It was a very, well, very well designed multifunctional space, if I recall. It was. It was yeah. in the pages of Home Beautiful. Of it course. was,
0: yeah. But um, and I was saying, well, this is, you know, that that's deep enough for washing the girls, and this poor tradesman who was putting the stone in because it was a engineered stone benchtop and a sink that was kind of um undermounted. Um, he went. You're gonna wash babies in here, and then he went out and got all this timber and created this whole frame to reinforce the sink, oh. so that when you've got a sink and full of water and a baby in there, it was just like he suddenly turned into like grandfather mode, and everything just had to be perfect <laughs> that's for so it. Nice. It was so sweet.
2: Yeah, that's amazing. But it also, it just speaks to how how life changes, and but if, but an inclusion like that in your design was so key for you feeling confident bringing the babies home and just knowing that you were going to have somewhere for them. But, of course, they don't get washed in the laundry tub anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Without growing the laundry tub. It's just a laundry tub now. Well, actually, no,
0: it doesn't exist anymore. We've just knocked it
2: off to renovate the house. So exciting.
0: I know this is totally off topic, but my girls are so angry with me that we're renovating the house <laughs> because they loved our little house. They don't care that there was no storage and we, it was never supposed to be lived in for that long with all four of us. But, um, they, yeah, they, they call it the stupid renovation because there was nothing <laughs> wrong with our perfect little house before that. I keep trying to convince
2: them that it's going to be perfect afterwards and they're going to love it, but
0: they're very sceptical.
2: They will love it. Mm. They will love it. Okay, so that was our hit for Mm -hmm. the South Australian renovation or Wendy's hit, I should say. Let's talk now about one of your misses, one of the things you didn't love about the renovation of Lisa and Andy's home. Yes, so
0: sadly, I I guess the reason why I have chosen this as the miss is because it's a direct comparison to the the hit and this is always a risk when you're renovating – house as a team and getting judged against each other is if somebody kind of goes along the same road as you but does it better, mm. it's kind of like that don't ever wear a dress that a celebrity's worn because <laughs> that's where you get the comparison you never want to see.
2: It's um, And don't be pregnant at the same time as Meghan Markle, for example. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Time that, people.
0: I remember years and years ago I had a photo taken, I had, you know, all the supermodels were out and I had a photo taken with... um about three supermodels, like Helena Christensen and Naomi Campbell. And, you know, we all know I'm, I'm not the tallest. So, you know, I'm five for one and I'm against all these absolute crankingly gorgeous women that towered over me. And I just thought – and then the company that took the photo sent it to me and I thought, you shouldn't have showed me that. I just you – not know, I looked like – are you seeing the same thing? On- yes. Yeah. <laughs> they looked like this kind of short, greasy dwarf next to them. It was terrible. Like, who wants to see that photo ever? Just a meet and greet experience is what I want to walk away from. No photographic evidence. Thank you very much. So on to the
2: direct comparison. So here we've got <laughs> the supermodel room.
0: <laughs> yes, against With the it. Wendy room. Oh, that's terrible. Um so the guest bedroom that Katie and Alex did, they've got a very, very similar concept of having a timber clad wall with the spilling plants from a shelf um, behind the bedroom and I behind the um, bed head. Sorry. Look, I just think in this instance it just didn't have the calmness and you start to see even though timber and the, the natural um, – effective timber is quite lovely it just didn't have that calming effect of those beautiful green colors mm. and having that kind of salmon pink on the wall with the gray behind the um, timber and then the timber over and a very low ceiling too it all much. it was yeah. too much it, there was no mm. calmness about the color scheme and it just it just didn't come together in the same way and I think it was a shame it was a shame to have them side by side because i think if if we didn't have such a an excellent execution right next to it we would have gone oh there's some really nice ideas in here but when you see it done really well everything just pales in comparison and that's what happened here
2: and pink is such a color like it's such a it's having such a moment in design at the moment mm. but i have to say the adjective when you describe your pink, the adjective that you don't want before it is salmon. Salmon, <laughs> no. I know. I'm sure it's going to be
0: super cool really soon, but I just, <laughs> yeah. it's that thing that if you've been around for the first round, you know, it's just never going to be the same
2: again. I feel like when I look at this room, it's almost like it should have worked, but it mm. just, just didn't. didn't. They just missed a mark. Yeah. It just wasn't cohesive. Like I love the herringbone wood detail. I think that's yes. such mm. potential. Um, yeah, maybe if they just went way more neutral in the other walls and had a little bit more soft timber in the other spe- other areas of the room. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just too much, too busy. Yeah. And you can certainly see where they were, you know, which rules they were trying to address, particularly in terms of the Scandi style mm. with the pink and the timber. But um, I have to agree with you, Wendy, that that was not a 10 out of 10. Yeah, no, definitely not. Style Rules, the ultimate podcast from the team at
1: Home Beautiful.
2: Today I'm in the Home Beautiful studio with Australia's own Queen of Renovating, Sheree Barber. Uh, she's also a television host. Thank you for joining us, Sheree. No problem. It's great to be here. What is your one style rule to live by?
1: I think uh, when it comes to your own home, um, I think just whatever your personality is, your home should reflect that. If you're going to stay in that home, do what makes you happy. For example, I'm very much, and most people know this, I'm very much into retro. I love Everything from the 50s and 60s. I was born two months into the 70s in February '70. Um, damn, my mum and dad. But <laughs> I, you know, I love the 60s, and I'm especially a big lover of the 50s. So my own personal homes are very much you know retro feel. Um, so I've got a common theme running through all my investment properties now. But so it is a bit different. Um, it's not for the majority of the market, but the people that live in my properties and you know people that have bought my properties really love it. So you just be unique. Don't be afraid to experiment, do things out of the box. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is that you're working on at the moment? Okay. I'm working on a couple of projects at the moment. So I've just finished a massive structural renovation to my own personal home, Oh wow. uh, which is in Balmain. So I don't really, you know, fortunate, I think it's a common trait with all renovators. We renovate everybody else's homes, but not our own. <laughs> so um, it was a property that I bought about four years ago in Balmain. And it was, um, it's a waterfront property. So it it took me quite a while. It took me, you know, over a hundred renovations to buy that property. Um, but when I bought it, it was a builder who, um, had just built a very basic shell. And what I've done is I've done a structural renovation to the front of the house, um, had a big triple car stacker at the front, which was very unsightly. So I ripped it out, built a new wing, and then I've just gone through from a design perspective and given it a real retro feel. So it's a bit different. Um, so there's that. So it
2: sounds amazing. Um, not many people have an opportunity to rip a car stacker out of their home.
1: No, <laughs> uh, it should never have been approved in the first place. It was a triple car stacker that went, um, from the street right up to the roof terrace. It's a four level house. Um, so it was really unsightly. I, I don't know how it got passed in council. I think somebody definitely put, you know, brown paper bag under the table at council. Um, but yeah, it, it had to go and it was always constantly playing up. So every time it would break, it would cost 8,000 you know, here, there, and it was just like training my bank account. So I thought that's got to go. So I'm, I'm really happy with the results. So there's that. And I just did a um, a Mother's Day makeover yesterday. So uh, just a, a struggling mum who's battling breast cancer. Aww. We So we made over her bedroom, which was lovely. And I'm also um, just tweaking a, a property in Byron Bay, an Airbnb rental property that I own so lots of stuff on the go you're very busy you're a very busy woman Yeah, but I do enjoy (laughs) what I do so I jump out of bed every morning I I don't put my stilettos on it's the steel caps Mm. and I go to work happy girl Mm. (laughs) that's great and so you said over a hundred properties Yeah, so I've renovated 119 hey I don't look this frazzled for nothing
2: (laughs) that's incredible. And I also learned recently that you actually had a television show of your own. Yeah. in the US.
1: Yeah, Can it was called me? A 5-day flip, it was crazy. So um I yeah, I got poached just like they I think they did they a uh, worldwide talent search and somehow they picked me, I don't know how. Because <laughs> so you're Australia's look. queen of renovating. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> um yeah, so I ended up having to do um we did series 1 and that was uh 9 houses in the US. So I was based in Minnesota and buying houses around 250,000, um, some of them were around 200,000. So very cheap in comparison to Australian property prices. And over there, that buys you a lot of land and a lot of house. Um, so I renovated those houses. I did nine houses, um, in, Uh, I think it was 12 weeks, 12 weeks, just flat out. I was so exhausted when I got to the ninth one that I could barely stand, but it was a great experience just learning the, you know, the different terminology between Australia and the US construction and some of the wacky stuff. They do lots of wacky stuff over there (laughs) and for anybody listening to this interview, I'd say do not follow the colour trends in America, in (laughs) Australia, they're (laughs) whacked.
2: Well, that was the next question I was going to ask you. Like what would you say then, uh, having been immersed in it, What would be the biggest difference between the American take on home style and the Australian take on home style?
1: Um, They definitely are really adventurous with their colours. So, for example... I kind of like
2: that about them. I
1: mean, it can go horribly wrong, but it's... Yeah. I love watching those...
2: American lifestyle shows, and the difference between them, those and Australian ones, can be quite
1: stark. We're definitely more conservative in yeah. Australia with colour, um, but in America, for example, so when uh, I bought the properties, I actually had to physically buy the properties, and um, I did have an interior designer help on set because I sort of got thrown into that opportunity. So everything was very rush, rush, and I remember them sending. Um, they sent me the interior designer sent me some pictures, some after pictures, but I didn't realise they were the after pictures. So I said, okay, these are the befores, like where's the after? And they're like, these are the afters. And I'm like, oh, my God. So they were like painting it. Like on one of the projects we painted a whole house fire engine red and we had um, cedar shingles on the outside, like stuff we would never do in Australia. And another house we painted. Did that one sell? <laughs> no, well, I've got an interesting story there. I'll tell you that in a second. But another one we did like um, turquoise, like painted the outside turquoise. If you did that in Australia, you'd have protesters out the front of your <laughs> yes. house with pickets and all that sort of stuff. But it was interesting. I, I said to the producers, um, look, on the last couple of houses, on the last house, I said, look, can I just do my colours that I'd normally do in Australia? And they were like, okay. And so they let me do my own colours and it was actually the very first property to sell. Of course it so was. So there you go. Us Aussies, <laughs> we do know
2: a thing or two. Yeah, we do. Aussies know us. We, we, we've got our style down pat. I think yeah. it's got worldwide appeal, that Australian way of living as well.
1: Yeah. There's a reason
2: why it works so well here and, of course, it's going to do well overseas, I think.
1: Yeah, well, we're definitely more progressive. Like we're way ahead of the mark construction-wise. So our technology here is more advanced and, and we definitely have more of an eye for design, I think, for more more leading design. But uh, in America, they're very traditional. They do their shaker-style cabinet doors and a lot. They love their wood panelling and they love their brown, you know, architraves, stuff that we would put, you know, white paint over. If you did that in America, you'd be crucified. So (laughs) they love their timber. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say.
2: So you are a bit of an expert about um renovating reality shows as yes. well, having lived and breathed it. So one of the yeah. things I wanted to talk to you about was House Rules and what we're seeing on TV. Yep. Have you been watching the
1: new series? Oh, well, I've, I must admit I don't get much, too much time to watch TV because I'm renovating, but, yes, I have been watching House <laughs> <laughs> Rules. It's a big time One of the very few too. shows I do watch. <laughs> Not every episode
2: though. <laughs> so what do you see – as the major takeout for viewers who watch shows like yours and like House Rules?
1: I think, look, I think all the renovation shows are awesome. Like as as Australians, like Australians are in love with renovating. It's like we have a love affair with renovating. And what most Australians don't know is at some point in time in somebody's life, they are going to renovate something. And so I say to everybody, watch all of the renovation shows, you know, good shows like House Rules because what they do is they motivate and inspire the average Australian to get off their lounge and actually renovate their lounge room or their bathroom or kitchen. So, you know, people can take a lot of really good design ideas there and it's good idea. Good design ideas that they don't actually have to pay for. So, and that's what a lot of, um, I'll probably get in trouble for saying this, but, um, you know, a lot of designers do copy good looks from. Australia, from other designers, Mm. from all around the world, if we're being completely honest with ourselves. So they're great to watch those because they are entertaining and people can get really good, um, design ideas. And, and then I just say, just roll up your sleeves and have a crack and do it because you know what? You might actually like the room that you suddenly have. So, (laughs) and the good thing is with some of the changes you can make, like paint is a very powerful change you can make to a property. The good thing is if you stuff up the wrong shade, You can just go to the hardware store, buy another tin. It's not going to break the bank and you can just try again. Exactly. You can just try again. Yeah. I love that. Cherie, what would be your number one rule of renovating? My number one rule, there's lots of rules of renovating, particularly if you're renovating for profit. So renovating is very different to renovating for profit. But I think regardless of what type of project you're doing, you've got to plan everything. I know it sounds so cliched, but plan, plan, plan absolutely everything right down to the last T before your renovation even begins. So for example, you know, I do a lot of my own personal projects. I do a lot of TV renovations. At the moment, I do between 15 to 20 houses a year, which if you map it out, it's almost one house every two and a half weeks. And so part of part of the reason why I can do that and still lead a relatively sane life, you know, without all the stress, and I'm a mum, so I still manage to be at the school gate every afternoon. One of the reasons why I do that is because before I start a renovation, I map everything out. And, and this is where I feel a lot of people struggle with, they don't know how to map out a renovation before they start. And it can be done very simply, you know, if you've got software like Microsoft Project, it is a little bit more expensive to buy, then that certainly helps. But people can just do a very simple Excel spreadsheet, which you know, most people have that on their computer. And what you've got to try and think of is every step that every task that needs to be done. And it's it's not that hard. All you need to do is get a um a you know, a notepad and a pen, stand in each room of your property, look around and you might go, Okay, I need to remove those old daggy curtains or I need to paint this wall, I need to rip up that grungy carpet, I need to to install a new light. So you make a list of all the tasks to be done on a room by room basis, and then you try and put them in a logical flow of what you think should come first, second, third, fourth. And then, you know, in the next column say, okay, which tradesperson should actually do that? You're really what giving day? us a step by step on project management, <laughs> either, aren't you? <laughs> and so, yeah, so that's the thing. That's, it's not hard. Like, would you agree everybody can do that?
2: I, yeah, I would say everybody can Most do people, it. yeah. But I think where people get lost is they get a little bit overwhelmed by all the choices and all the decisions and all the organisation that has to happen after that. Yeah, and and potentially that's where projects fall down and where they call it call in the experts. Yeah, but um, certainly. The, certainly there are projects that you can take on on a of a smaller scale to to get started
1: yeah and i think i think i think if people do feel overwhelmed because let's face it you know renovating is a scary word for a lot of people in australia and it shouldn't be um but if you are that type of person that you you tend, you tend to get stressed and feel overwhelmed i say just start with one room only mm. like you know set small milestones not a whole marathon whole house in Eight days, and maybe which is the sort of stuff I do. Yeah, but, you know, I'm, I'm a weirdo. Don't a hundred, don't try a hundred and mimic what I do. I think,
2: I think you're you're allowed to do. That. And maybe not start with a kitchen or a bathroom. You could potentially start with a bedroom. Yeah, for a, a simpler project.
1: That's right. For example, I, as I mentioned, I did a um, Mother's Day master bedroom makeover yesterday. I started at nine o'clock and it was finished at three o'clock in the afternoon. So it was done in like six. I don't know, I'm not. <laughs> I'm good at renovating, not good with math. What is that? Six or seven hours?
2: <laughs> Let's go with that. Um, I'm a words yeah. person. We'll, we'll take that.
1: Um, <laughs> And so it was super easy. And once you know the changes in a property, it is, but just map everything out because when you map things out before your Reno starts, What you'll actually uncover through that process, you'll go, oh, actually I shouldn't do that there. That should come here. Oh, and that tradesperson can't do that then because they'll be tied up here. And you should also map out the what it costs, try and estimate what it's going to cost. And that's the big thing. People don't set any budgets and we don't see a lot of this on renovation shows because let's face it, budgets are not too sexy on a renovation (laughs) show. Um, And so people say, okay, I'm going to spend you know 40 grand renovating my house cosmetically, but then they get to the end of the renovation and they've spent 77,000. It's too late to do something about it then. So if you map it all out beforehand, you can just go, oh, 40 grand's not realistic, and then you can plan then before anything started. Or you can
2: make decisions about what you're going to compromise on.
1: Correct, and yeah, that's exactly. what will happen is you'll go, geez, it's 77,000. We only want to spend 40. Mm. What are the luxuries that can go? What are the essentials that have to stay? So it's just like anything in business, in renovating, you know, if you want to bake a cake, if you don't map it out, it'll end up a disaster. (laughs) And you touched on it before. What would you say is the major difference between renovating for your own home and your own
2: lifestyle and renovating to sell?
1: Massive difference. Um, So what I say is for anybody that's renovating their own home, first of all, you've got to think, am I going to stay in this house for quite some time? Like, If you're going to stay in that house for the next 10 to 20 years, knock yourself out Paint that house whatever colour floats your boat because you're going to wake up and live in that space for the next 10 to 20 years. But if you're if there's any chance that you could sell that property in the next two or three years, I'd say pull back on the personal touches and renovate that property more to a renovating for profit project. What I do know is when you're doing a renovate for profit project and you've got the intention of either selling or renting it at the end, you've got to style and design that property or renovate it in such a way that appeals to the majority of people not the minority mm. and so and in my experience what works best is more neutral colors so what I tend to do on the investment properties that I rent out all the ones even ones that I'm flipping I'll will typically go um, more neutral color schemes I'll definitely inject some feature walls for a bit of personality and wow factor I'll definitely use um, paint strategically the feature walls um, and and so and what I do is I very much largely bring in the prop if I'm selling I'll bring in the property styling, very poppy colour, so it's the furnishings that add the popper colour, but the actual shell of the house is quite neutral, and that is the safest way to renovate for profit. What are some of the boring
2: but important elements of renovating that people might forget? What are the details they need to make sure they've got in that spreadsheet?
1: well one of the, one of the things that um, renovators you know because let's face it as a nation we love the before and afters that's what we're all fixated on but when you're renovating there's also certain things that you've got to install in your renovation so one of the some of the most commonly overlooked um, areas are particularly like insurance you know we've done the renovation we've got this beautiful home but people don't get the right insurance policies in place. If you've just done a, you know, a big cosmetic renovation or a structural renovation and you've just injected whatever it may be, 20 grand, 200 grand, you've got to make sure that all the new fixtures and fittings that you've just installed are actually covered by your insurance policy. So that's the first thing, making sure, you know, good, um, good home and contents policy. Um, but a lot of people forget the boring parts of renovations. For example, um, sensor lighting. So I have uh, investment properties. Um, Let's face it, sensor lights on your front facade aren't overly sexy, and um, they don't. There's a business opportunity for somebody to make some, you know, front door lights that are actually nice for sensor (laughs) lights. Um, So for me as a landlord, I always make sure that all my investment properties have practical sensor lights. So if my tenants are coming home late at night and they're walking up the front doorstep, that the lights automatically come on. Unfortunately, people um, sometimes. Um, put looks um, before practicality and it can be actually an issue um, where if your tenant falls over and busts their hips because you had inadequate lighting on the front porch you might find yourself in some legal battles there so definitely it's something to think about particularly if you are going to be a landlord and it's it's going so far as even um, getting window locks on your windows because they're all things that actually affect your renovation post your renovation if If you don't have deadlocks or a good um, security lock on your front door, your insurance premiums might be more.
2: Thank you so much for joining us in the studio, Cherie. It's been really amazing to get your insights into buying and selling and renovating. I think it's fair to say you really are Australia's queen of renovating. Thank you. And I hope you can join us again. (laughs) I'd love to. Style Rules, the ultimate podcast from the team at Home Beautiful. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, rate, review and subscribe to our podcast. Tell us what you think. Get in touch. Send us a message at homebeautiful on Instagram or send us an email, homebeautiful at pacificmags.com.au. I'll see you next week. Hold up.